With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lafondra looking to get side of Fon. Lafondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Empire Rolls podcast supported by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it was a disappointing and frustrating day yesterday for Reading at Blackpool. A 1-0 defeat. Not all negatives, but to help me talk through it, two people who went to the game. Um, Alex, how were you, your thoughts on the game yesterday? Quickly summed up. And uh, not all negative, uh, disappointing, disappointing start, not all negative, some encouraging signs, uh, things to work on. And we've also been joined by Matt Lansley. Matt, how was your day out at sunny Blackpool? Sunny Blackpool, not as promised, not as sold. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, I was, I was slightly disappointed it wasn't, wasn't sunny and uh, nice 20, 25 degrees. And in fact, and it was just raining. It was... Yeah, it was just it's just reading, isn't it? Have a have have a July game in Blackpool and it just buckets it down. It's typical. It is typical. That's the glory of the north, isn't it? You never quite know because of course it never rains here in the south. But going into the game, we had four players making debuts for the club. We had Guinness Walker, we had Lumley, we had Fauna, and we had Hendrick. Now we're coming to more kind of like detail about their performances there's only one game so let's not go over the top of that later but what were your thoughts Alex going into the game with that lineup obviously Lucas Jow was out as well which was a big blow so I think with the lineup it maybe was a little bit of a um, red herring when you see it I think it's very easy to kind of think maybe perhaps that's going to be like four defenders despite the fact that we haven't played four defenders uh, in pre-season but once you see the lineup and you see the teams actually out on the field and how they line up, it's it's definitely not four at the back. It's definitely five at the back. And you see Junior Hoylet playing this right wing back position, which we haven't seen him play yet in pre-season. He's only played at the left on the left hand side of the left wing back. And Andy Yeardon playing this right centre back role. Um, it, yeah, it doesn't give you much in the way of um, offensive. Ability, I think, is probably the best way I would put it. 
Um, although we did look quite threatening in preseason at points with this formation, I think it it really relies on you to have two very strong wing backs. And yesterday we we didn't start very strong out wide, and that kind of puts you in a bit of a puts you in a bit of a, a hole, really. It was a pretty slow start, wasn't Lansley? And ultimately, that was very costly for us in the ninth minute with a good strike from Connolly. Lundley, Lundley makes a good save initially, but he couldn't do anything with a follow-up, could he? No, no. And I think it was probably the one time that Blackpool exploited down the right. There was The way Hoylett was playing as a right wing back, he was often playing really high and leaving Yeardum with both Yates and I think it was number 17 or so. Uh, oh no, number 14, Medin for... Um, Blackpool he was often leaving both of them kind of both with Yeardham and you, you have it with the first goal where, where where the ball gets played played essentially over Hoylet who's in no man's land and Yeardom's having to now cover two two players and Yates gets any I think it's Yates who gets the cross in um and then obviously good save by but by Lumley Ajaria slips Guinness Walker doesn't quite close down um and it's a very good finish but it was I know me and Alex at the game were talking about this quite a bit about how much space there was behind one behind Hoylet, which I guess if they're playing a three at the back, which like they were in preseason, you might sometimes have. But if you've got if Yedom's got two players pretty much on him, which he pretty much did most of that first half, you're gonna have problems if it gets exploited. And I think we we're a bit lucky that that was pretty much the one time that it actually got exploited. Um, that 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 area behind. Yeah, I mean, apart from the first 15 minutes yesterday, we looked okay defensively compared to last season. It wasn't fantastic. It wasn't kind of bolted up and no shots at all. But you're never going to get that, I don't think, with a team that's just been put together and so many players missing from last season. Um, We can look at the defensive record from last season and think, thank God they're gone. Uh, I'm sure lots of you are thinking. But we did have some opportunities, Alex, in the first half, didn't we? So... um, it wasn't. It wasn't until the second half we progressed. But talk us through the mate one that he had early on. Yeah, those first half chances we didn't necessarily create from uh, good long passages of play or, or keeping the ball particularly well in the first half. We, I think we really struggled to kind of get our foot on the ball necessarily for a long period of time um, in the first half. But the, the, I mean, the main chances that we had during the first half. Both came from from fast breaks, and the the chance that sticks out for me was the the chance that Mate had after a break. It must have been after about twenty minutes or so, and um, Mate ends up with the ball probably about thirteen or fourteen yards out on the left hand side of the area, and it, 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 he produces a fairly weak shot that kind of just rolls straight into the keeper's keeper's arms. I think looking at the shot at the time, it looks like a fairly big opportunity. Um, if he catches it right, it definitely is a you know definitely is a good opportunity for him to put it across the put it across the keeper. And yeah, unfortunately, he just doesn't really doesn't really connect to it at all, and it just rolls into the keeper's arms. Um, but the the breaks that we did pick up, we picked up the ball relatively high in midfield. Um, I think we did it two or three times during the first half. We picked up the ball relatively high in midfield, kind of just inside the Blackpool half or just inside our half. And we ended up with opportunities where we were seeing in Sajaria 
and Meite all breaking at the same time together. Um, I think we ended up really creating a a chance for. I mean, we really ended up creating chances through that, and that was that was encouraging to see that we weren't determined just to sit on the ball as soon as we won it during that first half. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you talk about that chance that Meite had. Um, the good pass there from Hendrick through, and you're right, that was a back pass, really, eventually, wasn't it? From Mate. It's um, unfortunate he didn't have his best day yesterday, but we might see well see a completely different Yaku Mate next week. You're never quite sure what you're going to get, but you definitely want him in the team. You probably ideally would want Lucas Jow centrally and him on that right hand side. Then that causes all other kinds of debates of who plays where, but. If we look at the first half and the midfield, Matt, what were your thoughts on players like Fauner on the whole midfield as a kind of structure? Yeah, it was it was an interesting one because, as as Alex said, the the chances we had in the first half were were really from very quick breaks. There was no, we really struggled getting our foot on the ball. I mean, the first half I think ended with like sixty five percent possession to Blackpool and they didn't really do much with it. You know, they, 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 they were controlling the game Blackpool and it was mostly it, our midfield was pretty much just being bypassed Fauna. He, I, I mentioned to, to, to Alex about 40 minutes and I think I've noticed Fauna do something in our corner and noticed Fauna do something in their corner, nothing in the middle. And it kind of summed up his first half. It was just like, like it, where he was actually playing. There was just, nothing that he really did now I don't want to lambast him obviously because he's a young kid he could welcome good obviously Shrewsbury friends were really complimentary of him and obviously it's a it's a big step up to the championship but I think the first first 35 40 minutes definitely like I mean the midfield really struggled Hendrick Hendrick was okay but he pretty much had no one next to him Fauna go on yeah, I think during the first half, what, what you actually had was Hendrick and Fauna often were falling over each other as well. It felt like they, it felt like they hadn't really had much time together. It felt like they hadn't had you know much partnership developed there yet. And it almost seemed like they weren't quite sure what the other one was going to do a lot of the time. So neither of them really did anything particularly effective in that first half. And you ended up with just like not really a particularly, um, you know, combative or... or uh, effective central midfield because of the fact that neither of them were quite sure what the other one was going to do a lot of the time. I think that changed in the second half, though. I think Fauna improved and was moved slightly higher up the pitch and Hendrick was sitting a little bit more deep, which I think worked a lot better. Um, We'll see how that goes. And like you say, Alex, it's very early. I don't think we can really, um, uh, not that we are, castigate a player um, uh, off 45 minutes. That would be ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Although sometimes we do get overexcited about players in 45 minutes. So, you know, who knows? So we're going into the second half. It's still 1-0. Um, Blackpool have a very early chance, which really they should score, Matt. Uh, hits the post from Bowler. Dispossessed there of uh, Guinness Walker. He's a little bit finding that transition from League One up into the Championship. We we'll see how that progresses, but even Paul Ince said earlier in the week that you know we were looking to sign him. Obviously, we have now, but he, even he said that he wants to find a player to probably go ahead of him. And kind of, I can see how that would work. Yeah, and I think to be fair, through preseason, I think we we all kind of knew that you know, um, well, I, I think we saw kind of 
that, that there was you know a, a decent player in Guinness Walker, you know, quite like like a good player, but not not a starter, you know. And to be fair with where he's come from, you know, coming from Wimbledon to obviously the Championship, it's a big step up again. It's 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 a little bit like Fauna, um, and it's just again the pace the pace of the game. Like obviously with with, with that chance that happens, McIntyre obviously chests it down, steps on it, and you know it produces a bit of a a bit of a um, uh, a chance which you know they they should have scored really. I think on the subject of Guinness Walker, the the overall reaction seems to have been that he didn't have a fantastic game, which I think is probably fair. I think defensively he looks worried, I think is the best term for it. Um, he looks he looks more concerned when he's defending than he is. Because offensively, I think he looks okay. He does offer some kind of outlet going forwards. Um, and made some very half. good runs as well into space on the left. A lot of the time he found himself in space. Um, w- w- with about five, ten yards of space at some times, the ball just never came to him on the left. There was a chance in the first half when he was completely through on the left-hand side, no one near him, and the ball was just over here. He would have been com- completely free in the penalty area almost. Um, like you say, he did make some good runs. I don't think it's all negative, but I think I can see why you'd maybe want to rotate him slightly and have him coming on rather than starting all the time. But maybe you need to eat or have an absolute stormer. Yeah. Let, let's just hope he does. So Yeah. I think I think one of the interesting things though as well, kind of looking at the way the game panned out, pretty much kind of all well, I think pretty much all of their shots from Blackpool actually came from their right, our left hand side. So that McIntyre, um Guinness Walker kind of combination. So it's I defensively there's certainly something that needs to kind of be worked on, be tweaked. I think McIntyre though, um Actually, to be honest, I think all of the defence, probably, I say all, Yeardon, Holmes, McIntyre and Lumley were all really actually very solid yesterday. Uh, when when you look at the chances the Blackpool actually created, and as Matt said, the chances that they did create, there was a couple which came from our own errors. But in terms of Blackpool actually creating their own chances, there wasn't really many, if any, chances that I can remember that Blackpool actually fashion themselves um and i think credit goes especially to tom holmes who's basically been shifted into that central role of the three which i don't think he's played there before necessarily he's not um, played and struggled with leading a line last year as well so it's a big improvement from him it, yeah he was very very good in the air as well yesterday i can't really remember any headers that he he didn't win and um those four i think are, are, all had very solid games um and then can be pretty pretty pleased with their performances we then proceed to have 40 minutes of absolute frustration of basically virtually us just attacking, but very slowly. There was no speed in the attack and no precision, uh, no lack of effort from the players. I think they gave everything yesterday and I could see a shape. I could see a plan, but I don't think the quality was them, Alex. I think it might progress. We've obviously got players coming in. We've got Loom, um, Jow at some point, he's out for another two or three weeks. We've got Long, he'll be back. And I'm sure we'll make another couple of signings. I've no idea who they are. But uh, it's not completely negative, but it just worries me. The Blackpool were not very good yesterday in my mind. That, that's my thought, but I could be wrong. Uh, I think, yeah, there's definitely, you could see in the second half, a lot of effort. And a lot of the time last season, especially, a lot of the criticism that we had and that you saw online was the players were giving in. The players were conceding the game far too early and 
I think yesterday you you couldn't accuse anybody of doing that. But they they did try, they did put in the effort, and it basically just didn't fall for us on the day that we actually got the equaliser. Um, because the second half, as you say, was basically forty minutes of us attacking, and there was after that chance that they had after fifty minutes, there was basically there was only ever going to be one team who was going to score in that game if there was going to be another goal. I think we had a lot of half opportunities. I think we had a lot of balls going across the goal and nobody getting on the end of it. We had a lot of flick-ons from long throws, which is something I've not seen before from Reading, to be honest, for a long time, is, is a long throw into the area and then trying to win a flick-on. Um, we had a great opportunity when when Guinness Walker had a long throw. Holmes won, won the header in the area, flicked it over to the back post, and there was just nobody there. Um, we had a, a Hoylet cut back, which cut back the behind three different players because they were all in the six-yard area. So there was a lot of opportunities, but they were all half opportunities, um, except for the one kind of big opportunity that we had, um, which I think was from a corner from memory for Junior Hoylet. That was probably the biggest opportunity we had of the second half. And it, it feels like, yes, with a tiny little bit more quality, that game doesn't end as a loss. I, because I do think that the second half, we especially, we re- really dominated it probably from about 50 minutes up until all of the subs came on at about 85 minutes um and i think after that the game did kind of slow down slightly for us yeah i, guess, I think I guess, that, that let me just say this and then you can come in matt i just want to say compared to the game last season at blackpool there's a big difference <laughs> there's a huge difference so you've got to look on the positive side of that whether that's because of blackpool or because of us who knows first day of the season but at no point yesterday did I feel we were going to capitulate. At no point. And that is a massive issue from last season. We'd let one goal in and then very quickly we'd let another one in. And I, I never felt that was coming yet. But go on, Matt. Yeah, no, like I just kind of touching on that as well. It's one thing that kind of we, um, myself and Alex spoke about at the game yesterday as well, that the fact that we were just so much more kind of competitive and it's 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 one thing we were craving for last year you know just to just to stay competitive in games i mean you, you know brian mcdermott always used to say you know stay stay at nil nil you've got a chance to win stay at one nil you've got a chance to come back and get a draw you know if if, if you let that slip to two three which was too often the case last year you know too many times that, than you care to count you know you you just you're never gonna come back and get get points and you're just making your, your job of staying up already so much harder than, you know, it was already going to be. Um, it was, so it's like that, that, that there are lots of positives yesterday, you know, to take from it. I mean, the game didn't really turn like Alex said, until they brought on, they, they made about, it was about a triple substitution. It was, it was about 83 minutes or so to be fair. It actually coincided as well with long coming on um, in fairness um, as well. It, it, they, it was about a two or three minute stoppage, wasn't it? Because one of their players went went down, and it was the whole cramp thing. It took. It, I think it was two. To... Two of their players went down at the same two time on about eighty minutes, and then it took about four minutes for the game to restart. And by that point, yeah, five subs and kind of all the momentum that we built up had disappeared. Yeah, you did. You did have one last chance for Mate. Kind of, it was right. I think it was on about ninety minutes because it was. It was. It, it was where it was a bit of pinball, pinball in the box, and the ball then drops over to Mate, where he's rushing in. He tries to take a touch. He should just smash that. You know, it. I get it's on his right foot, and he don't have a right foot. But if again, if he smashes that, he, he might slice it. And it might fly into the top corner. You never know. You know, just like just get get something on that because there just wasn't a time to take a touch. 
um, for, 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 for Mate at the end there. But it's, I, I don't think it's nearly as, nearly as negative as some people have tried to make out on Twitter yesterday. Mater had two chances yesterday and they were both back passes, unfortunately. On another day, that's two yeah. goals. Yeah. We know we know he can do it. Let's not like uh, overanalyze it and say, oh, he's you know, he's dropped. He hasn't. He, he's gonna score goals. We all know that. So a frustrating result, but let's go into more depth now about the players and someone's we'll pick out. Lumley. I've got to say, I've heard a lot about Lumley and saying how he makes all these mistakes, he's absolutely awful. But actually, in the friendlies, in the game, we've seen so far the only one competitive game. I thought he was absolutely fine, Alex. Made some good saves, to be honest. Um, I think even before we conceded, I think he'd made two good saves. And outside of that, really, you know, can't complain at all. I think he's, he, he set away two quick breaks during the, uh, during the first half as well from, you know, collecting the ball. He looked very competent with coming for corners and crosses um, and didn't really worry me at all with, with Lumley and goal. Um, inevitably, I'm sure he'll probably end up making a mistake this season and we'll blame him for one of the goals, but that's fine. You know, when that happens, that happens. But based on yesterday's performance, not that concerned. Um, and yeah, was was quite pleasantly, pleasantly surprised, I think is probably the best way I would describe it because based on everything that we'd heard you know, before he signed. And I think it would have been easy for us to, to basically write him off, but um, was definitely a, you know, definitely a positive, positive net impact on the game, I think, for us. Matt, what did you make of Hendrick yesterday? I thought he was okay. I think he's going to progress and I think he's going to be a decent signing for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's got all the experience, hasn't he? I know, again, QPR fans were you know, lambasting him at the end of last season, but, you know, he had a bit of injury, etc. But when you look at a player that's, you know, got, I think, 150-odd Premier League appearances, you know, he's, you, you know you're getting a good player there. And we know he can perform in the Championship, obviously. Yes, it was quite a few years ago with Derby, but, you know, you, you've got a really good player there. And I think after, after that first, you know, 30-minute period where, you know, I think the midfield really struggled to settle in the second half, he really came into it and was shifting the ball well. He was picking it up, passing it out quite nicely, keeping play flowing really nicely as well. And, you know, I think we, we've seen in pre-season that, you know, he can grab a goal as well. So hopefully you can kind of come up and pick up, you know, a bit of that in the in, in the regular season because it's, it's something that we didn't really see yesterday. We saw him in a kind of much deeper role, kind of playing the ball out, spreading the play, etc., which he did very well. But I think it, 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 I think going forwards, it'd be nice to see him getting and getting into kind of those th- those goal situations, getting those shots away because we know he can do it. But as a first performance, just like Lumley, I don't think you can have too many complaints. Like I can't really pick out many things that you know really either Hendrick or Lumley did wrong yesterday. Yeah, no, I agree. I thought he was yeah probably. I don't know what you're going to say six, seven out of ten. You know, he didn't like wipe anyone away, but he's absolutely fine. And I think he will obviously get better with more matches working out the midfield and will make additions as well. And Loom come in and at some point, I have no idea on the ability of Loom. I'm not going to pretend I have watched him in every single match. But... It's going to be an interesting one, that one, I think, like I say, because it's quite an unknown. I think lots of people have got excited about him, but it's kind of on the preface that he's from Porto. But he played obviously a season last year in La Liga. 
you know, yes, and an Al- it was an Alvarez team that got relegated, I think, wasn't it? But I, I've seen a couple of Al- Alvarez fans talking really nicely of him, you know, defensively solid, like spreading play, etc. which, you know, I guess that might then give Hendrick the ability to go a bit further forwards, maybe be a bit more of a box-to-box, which it'll be interesting to kind of see how that develops and then kind of how Fauna fits into the setup, I think, because, again, like, 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 like we said, the first half he struggled, grew into it in the second half yesterday, Fauna. But with Loom coming in, how does that kind of affect, you know, Fauna's position um, and kind of the dynamic in, in midfield anyway with when they play? Uh, moving on to another player now that's taking a bit of stick, let's be honest, Junior Hoylet. But yesterday, I thought he was excellent, Alex. Uh, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> the first half, okay, I think Junior Hoylet's game can probably be split into two because I think the second half he was pretty good. Very out, he was a great outlet in the second half. Um, I think he was probably our most effective attacking player during the second half. Um, he puts an awful lot of crosses into the box, whether they're all great quality or not, is maybe you know, uh, to be debated. But I, if you if you put that much into the box, then hopefully something will come off for you. Um, and I think during the second half, he was really, really quite good. Um, the first half. He was, I don't want to say bad, because I don't think he was necessarily bad, but I think you could tell that he was not comfortable playing in the position he was being asked to play and the role he's been asked to, to play. And it just meant you ended up with him out of position a lot of the time or just in between two Blackpool players and not really knowing what to do. The moments when he was in the right position in the first half, he actually defended relatively well um, and made some really good tackles. Um which, you know, full credit because I've always lambasted this tackling um, and thought it was very poor. So I think he did actually have a reasonable game um, and definitely the second half he was was good. Uh, it will be interesting to see what happens when Yeardom gets moved to right wing back, whether he gets put into the side as well at left wing back, potentially if we haven't signed another left back or if Hoylet goes to the bench. Um, because he does offer something, but it just it's difficult to see where he fits into this team if he's going to be a starter potentially. I I kind of feel because we saw it sometimes last year, didn't we? Where he kind of played um, almost as a sometimes a false nine, sometimes behind behind a striker, sometimes as that striker up top. We, I, I think was it? I, I think it even might have been at Cardiff last year where he played up front. Um, you know, people were saying that he's got so so he might be brought into kind of that you know Ajara and Ince kind of deep left, right, forward, whatever you want to kind of call their position. I think no one's really decided yet. But I think the way you've kind of broken down Hoylet's performance, I think is kind of what you'd expect, though, from a player like Hoylet, because he struggled in the first half when we didn't have much of the ball. And when, you know, when we were, you know, kind of having to make sure we were defensively resolute. And he then excels when we're on the ball, when we're going forwards. And that's that's what he does at the end of the day. So I think it's kind of when you break it down like that and kind of look at, what he's strong at when he performed well it's kind of it was kind of to be expected I think you know where the parts when he you know took the game on and started to look look a lot better because I think he was you know pretty good in the second half a lot of the stuff that we did obviously came came through his play down the right and obviously the amount of crosses we got in it was it was a crazy amount of crosses you know I think we ended with 10 11 corners or so you know it, it was it was it was a lot it, it was a lot which again is you know another thing that hopefully we can look to utilise going forwards about the corners. But 
can we get someone who can actually take a set piece though please I, you, oh yeah, my but God, you, you, you say that they're so bad i, mean, I don't on. agree no i don't i don't agree with that i thought i like i thought ince's corners yesterday were probably the best i think it felt like there was definitely some kind of a, a game plan with the corners of we're going to put it to the back post and hope that holmes or or McIntyre can win a header. It, I'm not necessarily sure it was a particularly effective idea because we didn't actually create anything from any of these corners um, except for the one where Junior Hoylet didn't take it um, and it rolled out to him. Um, that he, came from a short corner, though, I think. Short, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but generally, it, it felt like the, the aim of the corners yesterday was basically to loop it to the back post and then hope that one of our you know bigger players can win a header. If you've got a Sam Hutchinson in there who you know, is, let's be fair, massive. Um, maybe that works. I, I don't know. But, like, it uh, it feels like perhaps, you know, that was the game plan yesterday as opposed to them being necessarily bad. Uh, I just don't think they really were that effective in yeah. what the plan One was. One thing that was a major issue, for instance, is the lack of quality on the subs bench because we've got no strength there at all. Obviously, Shane Long came on, comes back for Reading, which is great. He didn't really have any impact because he didn't have any chances. He barely touched the ball. That wasn't down to a bad performance from him. That's just the way it went. I'm sure we'll get better from Shane. But when you've got nothing there to bring on, you can't change your game. So I do feel for him there. And this is obviously not his fault, Alex. No. Um, I, I did see this after the game that the people saying we should have made changes earlier and we could have changed the game earlier and things like that. But Ultimately, as we said, Reading were on top of the on top during the second half, right? They were they weren't um, being dominated. They were creating half chances a lot of the time, and I don't necessarily think any of the players on the bench would have made a difference in the way that we played or you know how effective we were playing. Uh, yes, Shane Long came on with like maybe ten minutes to go, but, but to be honest, that could have been a fitness thing. I'm not sure that Shane Long is. I think Paulin's even said it after the game that he wasn't fully ready uh, to play longer than that anyway. He came on and played at left wing or, well, he played in that like deep, deep lying inside forward role. It wasn't really that effective. Um, you know, perhaps that can be questioned, but ultimately the, the lack of other substitutes comes down to the fact that we just don't have any squad depth yet. And uh, that lack of squad depth really kind of comes because you've got those injured players. You don't have a Zhao, you don't have a Z's, you don't have Hutchinson, you don't. Uh, we don't have Saar yet. We don't have Loom. If you have five of those players who were in the starting eleven or one of those five on the bench, all of a sudden, yes, you can then start to question why we're not making subs earlier. But at the moment, you're looking at the bench and you've got an 18-year-old in John Clark. You've got like a, what I think. Um, Rashawn Scott is 20. He's played 15 minutes of championship football. You've got loads of players who are basically just um, either youngsters or do not have any experience in the championship as it is. And they're going to struggle to change the game if they come on. Um, so I can kind of understand why he's not rushed to make any substitutions because it, it, what's the what's the effect going to be if, if you make those substitutions? Two players that... It'd be interesting to see how it works out throughout the whole of the season is Jamari Clark and Kamara. Now, those are two players that maybe could have been on the bench. Are they available? Are they fit? Obviously, Jamari Clark was playing only yesterday, as in 
So I don't know. It's a, it's going to be an ongoing situation. That is whilst we've got so many players out injured, at some point hopefully they come back. But Aziz is now out for possibly two months. Um, that's not ideal, is it? You'd like to have that to come off the bench, a bit of pace and direct running. But we're going into next week's game against Cardiff City. Back at the Select Car Leasing Stadium. That is a mouthful, isn't it? That really is. You've you've still not nailed the uh, calling it that over the Medeski, have you? <laughs> no, no, I'd much rather call it the Medeski. I mean, we could look at it and think, are we optimistic going into that game, Matt? Do you feel like after yesterday that you were going to got a better chance of staying out than we did before the game? Or are you unchanged? I think I think there was certainly positive kind of signs there. You know, it wasn't like a last year where we just rolled over. You know, there was that there, there was a you know a nice kind of. I've seen loads of people say there was no plan yesterday. That that there was there was a plan, and you could see it in the second half. The way you know they were shifting the ball yesterday, there just wasn't that final bit of quality really that 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 made or that could have made a difference. And you know, we 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 ended up you know, conceding through a slip, you know, from Ajaria, you know, so I can't say that I'm more nervous than, than, than yesterday. I was much more frustrated, annoyed, concerned, leaving Stoke last year on the first day of the season than I was yesterday, you know, because I can see a defensive structure. I can see, you know, a plan there. So yeah, I, 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 I'm not overly concerned yet. If we have more games like that, then things might change. It was a slip by Jerry, but Bowler is completely wide open for the initial he, shot. Yes, That's a big yeah, problem. yeah, and and the build-up play as well. Problem. Yeah, yeah. But let's move on then, Alex. What are your thoughts on about yesterday and for the season going forward? Has your mood changed up, down, and what is your prediction for Cardiff next weekend? I'm probably more optimistic after yesterday. I think than I overall for the season than I think I probably would have been following a loss. Um, I feel like there's definitely a little bit of structure. There's a bit of uh, plan, a bit of organisation. And I think we're not a million miles away from having a reasonable team in this division. Are we going to storm the championship and finish first? Probably not. But I definitely think, you know, with a couple of additions into that starting eleven, um, we should have more than enough there to, to at least compete with all of the teams at the bottom of the table and not get blown away by any of them like we were last season. So... Yeah, I'm, I'm more optimistic, despite the fact that we lost yesterday. And I had a look at Cardiff's performance yesterday against Norwich at home. I know they won, but they didn't really create very many chances. So I'm hopeful that if we can put in another decent defensive performance next week, that there's got to be at least a point there for us next week. So, um, yeah, I, feel, I think I'll go with a, either a nil-nil or one-nil to Reading next week. What's your prediction, Matt? I I probably think a one-one. I think a score draw. Yeah, I'm not. I'm like I think like like Alex said, Cardiff didn't have. I think they had three shots yesterday. Scored from like thirty yards. That can change next week. We got the return of Rinomota. You know, let's just not lose. You know, I think ne- I think that's the key thing for next week. Just don't lose because you can't. Starting a season on two losses is never good. No, it's definitely not. Um, hopefully it doesn't come to that situation. I am uh, slightly more concerned than I was going into the season, but we will see. That could all change next week. Uh, I will take a one-all like you, Matt, next week. 
let's see how it goes. Let's hope we're all wrong. We win 4-0. So thanks a lot for listening. If you've enjoyed it, give us a five-star rating on iTunes or Spotify. And uh, we'll be back with many podcasts coming up, including Jacob with a preview from a, with a Cardiff fan, probably coming out on Thursday night. So thanks a lot for listening.